The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Well, let's go to Cal Thomas and Marion McKeown. Cal, good evening to you. You'd love the scandal. You'd absolutely love it. But Donald Trump is in a bit more scandal of his own because the media in the US, principally CNN, have been passed a tape which forms part of the case against him for military for holding secrets where he is discussing military secrets no. at a golf club with somebody right. who doesn't have a security clearance and Trump says, I know you shouldn't be getting these things. Yeah. Well, welcome, Ian. Uh, nice to have you as part of the program here, doing a great job. Yeah, there are two things to be said about this. Uh, number one, this was an interview uh, that was done uh, for a, uh, a book for Mark Meadows, Trump's last chief of staff. I'd like to know who leaked this to CNN. The second part is that uh, I think the Trump lawyers might argue in court that early release of this tape prior to the trial, might prejudice any potential juror, jury. Uh, obviously, the contents are, are very convicting, if you'll pardon the pun. But uh, the question is, for the uh, a fair trial to be had, these kinds of things cannot come out in advance. And I think you're going to have a problem with a jury pool where the Trump lawyers are going to ask potential jurors, did you hear this tape in advance? Have you drawn a conclusion from it? Or are you willing to overlook it? Or possibly the judge will throw it out as inadmissible. So there's a lot that could happen because of the release of this tape. Marion, is it going to damage his case or is it making the prosecution's case for them? Well, I think that Cal does raise a legitimate concern, but in the indictment, we remember the 47-page indictment or whatever it was, 49 pages, uh, the, there was a transcript of that conversation included in the indictment. Now, this is a little bit longer, but it just says things like, oh, look, it's so cool. You know, I mean, it's not. So I think the meat of, of the, the, the sort of case against uh, Trump was that he made it clear uh, when he was, you know, it was in the indictment that he was talking to people who had no business knowing anything about this. Trump had no business having these papers and yet he's having a chat in his office and a laugh about the whole thing and saying, you know, look, his point being, I mean, it was so ridiculous and childish that Mark Milley had said in his book, which was, you know, heavily involved in Mark Milley's own reputation laundering, that he had warned Trump not to attack Iran in the final weeks of his presidency. But now this document was written months earlier by Joe Dunford when he was chief of staff. And so it just shows two things, you know, without getting into the secret, it shows Trump didn't have a clue what was even happening or had no, you know, coherent timeline in his own mind as to when, you know, really important classified documents were being created. But also that he thought it was okay to show this to Margot Martin, his, you know, his PA and, you know, uh, Meadows' writer, book writer and another assistant and various other people. It's absolutely shocking, but we knew this. It does sound more ridiculous when you hear the way he talks about it and you hear the papers rustling and him going, like I said, oh my God, it's so cool. I could have declassified this. Uh, but um, it doesn't, I'm not sure that, although I take Carl's point, I'm not sure that it would be all that serious given that it's already nailed down in the indictment. But Aileen Cannon, the judge, is very inexperienced. She's already shown herself to be in Trump's court you know, in a, a way that earned her a real rebuke from the uh, Conservative Appeals Court. So let's see what she does with it. We'll see. Cal, you make that point about it, that this may not be admissible or the jury may not be able to get to see it because it's been out there. But all of these cases, all the parts of these cases getting into the public domain, they're actually aiding Donald Trump's position within the Republican Party going for that nomination. 
Yeah, this is the most amazing thing to me, Ian. Uh, the more uh, he gets in trouble, uh, mostly from his own doing, as you indicated earlier, uh, the more his poll numbers rise. I just don't see any path to election for him. I see a path to the nomination. He still leads by more than double digits, his closest rival, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. But I don't see him uh, winning over those independents that have abandoned him. I don't see him winning over uh, suburban women voters that are key. And I just think uh, it would be a a terrible thing for the Republicans to go ahead and nominate Donald Trump for president while he is on trial for uh, various felonies. And it would be even worse for the country, in my view. Uh, if he lost to uh, to Joe Biden and the crooks surrounding him as more and more comes out about uh, his son, Hunter, and business dealings with uh, China and Burisma and all of these other things. I think, Marion, you might need to explain that one. Uh, well, look, Cal, I just would like to be clear before I, I jump up and down here. Are you saying it would be terrible if uh, Donald Trump lost to Joe Biden? Should, uh, should we take from that that you'd prefer to see Donald Trump have a second term? Because that, to me, would be completely no. shocking. I, I'm hoping that's not what you meant. <laughs> OK, OK, so you would prefer wait, to see Joe Biden win. Them. Okay. But, but no, Joe Biden, away I think, with would... Both of them. Away with both of them. The polls, well, that might leave Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Well, that might leave Robert F. Kennedy Jr. there, and no, a lot of people don't want that. <laughs> you know, there's a, there, there's a bunch of not very inspiring choices. But, you know, Cal, once again, I agree to in the main, and it's actually alarming how much we are agreeing with each other these days. But uh, I think that, you know, you, you have all these polls where it's like 77% of Republicans say, oh, it's not a big deal or whatever. But look, 77% of people who identify Republicans is, as Republicans is about a third of the electorate. It's just not enough to get them over the line. You know, it really isn't. And as Carl said, 55% of Americans think actually, yes, this is a big deal. So I think that it looks at the moment, but you know, it's all, it's events, isn't it? We don't know what's going to happen between now. What else is going to come out between now and January, February, March, when the primary season kicks off in earnest? I do not see um, Ron DeSantis exciting enough people in any way to get him over the line either. So they may be stuck with Trump, which is, I think, kind of the result that Biden and the Democrats want because honestly, I you know, I know Trump did win in 2016, but I think Americans have grown older and wiser since then. And a serial felon is not really what you want in the White House, although he has not yet been convicted and he is innocent until proven guilty. True. Do you know what? I know there's a few little silly stories in America happening right now around Marjorie Taylor Greene, but I want to move on, Cal, to something that I think is important. And there are going to be a lot of big cases coming from the Supreme Court of the United States. And that is a court that was packed by a lot of people Donald Trump put there and they could have huge influence on US policy for the future the way you had that decision last year in Roe versus Wade. Well, uh, Ian, uh, you say packed. I mean, they were legitimately nominated. They were legitimately uh, brought before the Senate Judiciary Committee. They were legitimately uh, uh, voted into uh, their position. And didn't so Donald Trump break with the convention the, the way Obama did not nominate somebody on the way out the with, door? Uh, well, if you're going to interrupt me, uh, that's a typical liberal tactic to inter- <laughs> interrupt the conservative so he learns, loses his train of thought. But being a professional, I continue. So the court wasn't packed. Uh, they were... Are you done? No, go ahead. Uh, go they ahead. were legitimately... Uh, Thank you. They were legitimately confirmed and they're on the Supreme Court. Uh, I, I think it's a double standard to say that just because the court now it has a, a balance of conservatives, uh, that uh, somehow it is illegitimate. 
when they had a balance of liberals that that was somehow legitimate. Uh, in this latest ruling, which I haven't read uh, yet, it had, has to do with uh, North Carolina legislature and, and the, the last election and uh, right-wing conspiracy theories, uh, there were uh, uh, three conservative justices who voted with the liberals. So it's not a slam dunk every time a case comes before the Supreme Court. Some of the conservatives vote with the liberals, and once in a while the liberals vote with the conservatives. But they are important cases, particularly around education and affirmative action. So these are things that will set the policy yeah. for a long time. Well, of course. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the affirmative action one because uh, uh, how would you like to have somebody who uh, became a graduate of a medical school based on affirmative action operate uh, on you? Uh, this should be done with merit and not uh, race and not gender and not all of these other things. Uh, Harvard and other major universities in this country have discriminated against especially Asian people who consistently score higher on their SATs and and other uh, uh, other other scores uh, to get into these major universities, but are denied based on their race. And I think the court is going to overturn that, and they should do so legitimately. Marion, what's Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene up to now? Well, can I just say very quickly, and then we get on to Marjorie Taylor Greene. But just getting back to what Cal said there. Okay, it, let's be clear about this, Cal. Um, black students have not been getting into universities um, with lesser grades. Yeah. They've been getting in where they're accepted over white students, where all other things being equal, it is their race that decides it. So nobody in America is being in, in, operated on by anyone, black or white, who didn't make the grade, who didn't make the cut. And to represent it as that is, I think you know that that is not accurate. Uh, so, um, I, I mean, personally, true. I think I think that there should be a system where it's economic based as well, that, you know, poorer students should be given a better chance because it's harder for them to get to that level. But that's a whole other day's discussion. Uh, the other case that Cal mentioned, which is really important, and it does support your argument, Cal, uh, three of the Supreme Court judges, although it would have been insane if they'd gone any other way, sided with the, the liberal judges to say that this independent state legislature theory is barking mad, which it is, it would suggest that any state could make any law about anything to do with any election in America and the courts couldn't review it. So it would it would be the end of really of democracy in America or certainly the beginning of the end of it. And if the Supreme Court had upheld that, it would be it would be negligent in the extreme. But now Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, who will do anything for attention, as we know, um, has decided now that she's not just being spied on through her TV because she turned on her TV and a laptop came on, you know, um, to it in some way or other. But she's also decided that it's Barack Obama who clearly would have nothing better to do with his life than sit around and try to eat what Marjorie Taylor Greene's having for dinner. You know, I mean, the whole thing is just laughable. And then she also said the the self-importance and the delusions of grandeur of some of these uh, Republican Freedom Caucus people, you know, she put out a thing saying, I'm healthy, I'm not, basically I'm not contemplating suicide. I think she thinks she's in Russia. Um, and that if anything happens to me, basically, oh, it'll probably be Barack Obama with his microphone, with his his, his um, magnifying glass or whatever it is. So the whole thing, again, you're right, it's the silly season, but every day with Marjorie Taylor Greene is silly season. Cal, I have 30 seconds, but what's, well, I, happening, yeah. what's happening in Florida that you're now getting malaria cases? You know, this is uh, very uh, surprising to me. We had thought that... Uh, Malaria, among other uh, diseases, had been wiped out not only in the United States, but in the world. I'm waiting to hear from the Center for Disease Control about this. Uh, It's really surprising. 
And, uh, you know, you're supposed to uh, be able to have vaccines against this sort of thing. I hope we don't go through another round of vaccines like we did with COVID. I think the country is tired of that. But this this bears more investigation on how this came into the country. I'm suspecting that it may have come in because of some of these people crossing the border from uh, countries where malaria is still uh, in existence. Okay. I hope that's not the case, but I suspect it okay. could be. Cal, Marion, we'll talk next week. We'll back in just a couple of moments. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.